Basketball, the basketball segment of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined by Nate and Mete. What's up, guys? So, how's it going? All right. Uh, in today's episode, we're just going to talk about some news from around the NBA, just a couple signings. There was a trade that happened as well this week. Uh, and then we'll just get uh, right into ranking our top 12 shooting guards for fantasy basketball um yeah we'll just get in it's, it's an early rank about how we feel about these shooting guards so um yeah we'll just give that to you as well so let's just hop right into it we'll start with some of the news uh, we'll start with uh rajon rondo and he actually is returning to the la lakers um he ended up clearing waivers uh after he was traded to the grizzlies and he was then eventually bought out um it looks like uh, his one-year deal with the Lakers is worth around $2.6 million. Uh, That's the estimate, estimated amount. But, uh, Nate, I'll start with you first. I guess, what are your thoughts on this signing? Um, I guess it's a pretty um, interesting um, signing. So I guess there's probably going to be a lot of ball movement in this offense now. All right, yeah, there seems to be a lot of uh, guards uh, here. They brought in Westbrook. Of course, LeBron was playing point guard as well last season, so we'll have to see what happens there. I'll get to you, Mete. Um, I guess what are your thoughts on this this deal? Uh, I think it's a solid move for the Lakers. I feel like Rondo is going to go back to his role that he had with the Lakers a couple of seasons ago, uh, with that being him coming off the bench, being there. I wouldn't say sixth man, but like maybe like seven, eighth man this season. So it's a solid signing. I feel like the Grizzlies, if they held on to Rondo, they could have maybe got a second round pick or something from a team. But I guess they really wanted to free up a roster space. Yeah, I guess with um, all of these signings um, for the Lakers, um, I think, Nate, I'll ask you first. I guess what's your... Uh, opinion on them signing a lot of older players um i guess um lebron led teams they usually end up um signing a lot of um veterans i mean the a lot of uh these veterans in in particular a lot of them are really experienced they've been around the block and i guess in terms of ability they're still able to um play at a really high level but i guess my only concern is like um, maybe like a few years down the line, some of these guys are going to start retiring. So they're going to have to figure out how to get younger guys on the team. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess, Mete, getting to you, I know we noticed with the two teams in the finals this year, outside of Chris Paul, it was mostly a lot of young guys on both sides. Um, I guess, what do you think about the Lakers now that they've had a lot of older players? I think it's completely fine, honestly. Uh, a lot of the older guys they signed, they can still play. Uh, and they're signing them as role players. So it's not like they want them to be playing like they were back in their prime. So honestly, with them stacking up the roster with so much talent, I think it's going to be fine. It's just like Nate, uh, Nathan said, uh, in the future, it's going to be kind of rough for them. So after this season, even they got to figure out what they're going to do for their future as they're going to need to sign some young guys or uh, get some draft picks. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. A lot of the young talent that they had 
on their team in the past, uh, whether it was Lonzo Ball, whether it was Kyle Kuzma, D'Angelo Russell, whoever was there. I mean, all those guys are gone now. They've replaced them with a lot of veterans, like you said. Um, it is tough when you're trading out all this young talent just to sort of stay in contention every year. Eventually, you know, it's it's going to hurt you in the long run. But yeah, we'll have to see. Right now, the Lakers are still contenders. So I guess they're just doing whatever they can to just beef up their team. Uh, let's just use that to get into the next piece of news. And that is the, the trade. It's actually a three-way trade between the Portland Trailblazers, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Chicago Bulls. Let me just break it down. So um, the Bulls trade uh, Laurie Markkinen to the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers then trade Larry Nance to the Portland Trailblazers. And then Portland trades Derek Jones Jr., uh, their protected first rounder and Denver's protected 2023 second rounder to the Chicago Bulls. So, um, Matty, I'll start with you this time first. I guess, what's your opinion on the trade and which of the three teams do you think came out uh, winning this trade? Yeah, so I think the Cavaliers definitely won this trade. They get a starting power forward with Laurie Markkinen, and he's still really young. He can space the floor, so he's got great upside. Uh, the Bulls, I think they got a decent return as well. They get a first-rounder back at least for Markkinen, and Derek Jones Jr. will just be a bench piece for them. And then I don't really like this trade for the Blazers. I know... Larry Nance Jr. is a solid upgrade over Derek Jones Jr., but they give up a first rounder for that, and I don't think it's going to make them that much better. Yeah, it is tough because, uh, yeah, they get Larry Nance. I mean, if Nance can grow into that guy for Portland, uh, you know, that can start, that can play really well. I mean, he has shown some signs of it. Uh, it it's more of a development, if anything. Like, as of right now, yeah, you're right. He's not that player uh, that – uh, you know, would warrant that kind of uh, trade. But uh, yeah, other than that, I think uh, the other two teams did benefit. But I guess, Nate, I'll get to you. What's your opinion on this trade? And I guess, which of these teams you think won the deal? Um, yeah, I agree with Mete. I think that um, at least I think uh, the Cavaliers, they seem to have like the most upside from this trade. Um, Lauren Markkinen's a really young player still. I think he's only 24. And um, they have yet another um, piece on their roster. And the Cavs are still a, a really young team. So we might end up uh, seeing the Cavaliers maybe in the playoffs in the future if uh, they pull this rebuild off. And I guess for the Portland Trailblazers, um, the trade kind of evens out. And for the Bulls, I think they kind of... It's, I don't want to say like they got the lease out of it because they did get a first and second rounder, but they're protected first and second round picks. So there's not really like a guarantee that it's going to work out. And they ended up getting Derek Jones Jr. But on the other hand, the Bulls have a really good starting five already. So they're not like in desperate need for like um, a really good player yet. Yeah, I think the Bulls were pretty much trying to get as much draft capital as they could for marketing because everyone knew he was on the way out anyways. Uh, it's That wasn't a surprise. So, uh, of course, when you know a player's on the move, uh, it sometimes will lower the trade value. So I think they did pretty well getting back a good return. And then once again, returning to Larry Nance, uh, he's got to stay healthy. If he stays healthy, he can definitely develop into a player that was worth making the trade for. But, uh, yeah, his health is 
pretty much come into question uh, most of the seasons that he's played. So uh, we'll definitely have to see with him on that. But uh, one more piece of news we should get to. Uh, Clint Capella uh, re-signed with the Atlanta Hawks on a two-year deal worth around $46 million. So um, it looks like he did pretty well for himself. Um, I guess, Nate, I'll get to you. What do you think of this signing? And I guess, what do you think of the Hawks as a whole? Um, I guess... Uh... It's, I think it's worth it to re-sign Clint Capella. Um, there's not really too much too much to be said. Uh, Clint Capella is a really good player, and I guess the Hawks still should be um, a really good playoff team. Yeah, and um, I guess, Mete, I'll get to you. Um, I guess, what do you think of this signing? And uh, I guess as for the Hawks, uh, you know, they, they started off kind of rough, but then they really built themselves into a contender last season. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on them with both the signing and the team? Yeah, I think this is a great signing. Uh, they're getting good value here. I, uh, I'd say Capella, he's like similar role to Rudy Gobert. He's there to get a double-double and protect the paint. And if you compare the two contracts, uh, Capella's contract is way cheaper. And so... Like I said, I think this is great value. And to answer your question, I think the Hawks, with them being so young, they figured it out in the second half of the season last year. So I think they'll definitely get better this year. Yeah, when I saw the contract, I was kind of surprised. I thought maybe um, around this amount of money, normally they would take the four-year deal. Um, and then if, or if it was a two-year deal, like you said, it would probably be a bit more uh money but yeah you're right they did get a good deal here um and yeah their entire core apparently is locked up until 2025 so that's pretty that's pretty good for them as well they definitely can focus on uh, i guess just you know building their team into serious uh, contenders um and yeah um you know if their their team just keeps improving i mean this is a team that's going to be a force in the east there's no question about that so um, yeah, I think that we've covered pretty much everything in terms of news. So uh, let's just get into some fantasy basketball. Now we're going to rank our top 12 shooting guards. Uh, I know um, we have different players in here. Um, most of them, I think, are players that we haven't mentioned yet in this uh, whole countdown uh, and ranking uh, thing. So um, I guess, Nate, I'll start with you. Um, top 12 shooting guards, who's your number one? I guess my number one um, would be Bradley Beal right now. Um, he's the number one scoring option in Washington. He was playing with Westbrook last season, and he still got um, 23 um, field goal attempts per game. So I think his volume shooting is going to increase even more this season. And I guess when I was doing my list for shooting guards, I decided to kind of lean more towards um, scoring. Like there's some players that they have um, a lot of versatility, but um, yeah, I decided to lean more, a little bit more towards scoring for shooting guards. Yeah, that definitely helps. I guess if you're in a points league, you definitely target the guys that can really get it done for you in terms of points. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, whether it's points league or category league, I, I definitely like Bradley Beal at number one. Um, I think he pretty much provides like versatility for you as well. Like um, he's always gonna have a lot of shooting attempts. I don't know. I don't think he'll tank a lot of his percentages, but it definitely helps you in terms of him getting a lot of points. Um, and then obviously, you know, just chipping in in the other categories, I think Bradley Beal is just pretty much uh, on a, a level of his own compared to a lot of the other shooting guards. But I guess I'll just get to you, Mete. Uh, who do you have at number one? 
Yeah, I have Bradley Beal as well, and I totally agree with you guys. With him being the number one option and Westbrook out of the way, I think he's going to have a monster season. Uh, he's been a great scorer. He's averaged 30-plus points in the last two seasons. So, I mean, he's only lacking in turnovers and blocks for nine-category leagues, and you don't really draft shooting guards for blocks and turnovers you'll live with since he's one of the best scorers in the league. Yeah, for sure. Um, it just seems like he's primed for a breakout. Like Mete said, I totally agree with that. Um, Nate, let me get to you for your uh, number two shooting guard. So my number two shooting guard is um, Devin Booker. Um, he's again, I think he's the number one scoring option in Phoenix with 19.2 field goal attempts. Um, he was fourth in total assists and he was second in total um, points for shooting guards. I think he scored uh 1712 um total points um he also got 67 games played which i think would be good because you want like a top end shooting guard who's in for most of the games because if you end up getting a guy who is only in for like 40 games that's not really going to help your fantasy team so yeah yeah, for sure. Um, definitely, like you said, he's the number one scoring option there in Phoenix. Should definitely be getting a lot of looks. Uh, Mete, getting to you, uh, who's your number two option for shooting guard? Yeah, I also went with Devin Booker as my number two. Like Nate said, number one option in Phoenix. His assists have taken a hit since the arrival of CP3, but he's an elite scorer as well. And like Beal, he only lacks in blocks and turnovers, but He's giving you great value for seven other categories. So, I mean, he's got great upside as well as he's only 24. Yeah, I'm actually going to go a different route than you guys. Um, I went with Zach Levine at number two, and I guess I'll explain. Um, I feel like that he's more of an efficient scorer compared to Bradley Beal. The only problem is how stacked that Chicago team is. So he definitely has to take a backseat to Bradley Beal. I still believe Levine is the number one option there. Uh, even when Vucevic went there last year, they were still featuring Levine as the number one guy. Uh, with DeRozan coming in, that shouldn't change that anyways. Um, obviously, his efficiency is important uh, in terms of, uh, you know, percentages. Um, obviously, maybe not, uh, maybe the points uh, won't reach the level they were last year. But in terms of other categories, he sh should be really solid. Um, yeah, I also have a lot of faith in him because he people did think he was injury prone. Uh, he might still be a little injury prone, but I guess other than that, um, he has proved to be a little bit more healthy over the last couple of years. So I definitely think that you can lean into him um, as this Chicago offense should be really solid next year. So I'm going to go with Zach Levine, but uh, Nate, let me get to you for number three. So for number three, I guess it's a little bit of um, contradicting myself by picking James Harden because he only played for 44 games last season, but Usually he um, plays over 60 games. So I don't think this is like, a, I don't think this is going to be like a trend for James Harden being like injury prone or anything. Um, and I guess if he was um, fully healthy, he should be able to finish top three in total um, points scored. And he was also sixth in rebounds. Um, he was, I think he was close to first in total assists and he was tied for fifth in total um, blocks so he has the potential to be um the number one shooting a shooting guard if he's fully healthy but 
he is sharing the ball with Katie and Kyrie. I think his field goal attempts is like around 16. So it shouldn't be too much. Like it shouldn't be too big of a deal, but it's something that you want to kind of like watch out for. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely agree with that. And uh, Mete, let me get to you. Uh, who's your number three guy for shooting guards? For shooting guard, I have Donovan Mitchell at number three. I mean, he's the number one guy in Utah. He's been improving every year, and he only really lacks in the blocks department. Outside of that, he's an elite scorer and gives you great value in seven other categories. And he's only 24, so he's got great upside and might get even better. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is a really solid player. Um, he's probably the number one option on this team uh, as of right now. So um, uh, unless you're looking at rebounds, obviously that would be Rudy Gobert. But uh, aside from that, he definitely is the top option there. Um, for number three, a uh, guy I didn't include on my point guard list, but he does play shooting guard as well. That's LaMelo Ball. Um, yeah, I, I liked what Mete said last time about how he feels like LaMelo is going to break out. I don't think his points will reach, I guess, the totals that uh, Bradley Beal and Zach Levine will put up. But in terms of other categories, uh, he's going to be really solid. He's pretty much close to a triple-double every single game. He's going to get you steals. He's tall enough. He's going to get you blocks, uh, especially for a guard. So uh, that's definitely something you got to look out for. Um, yeah, he's definitely a guy that covers all the bases in terms of category leagues. So um, I have him at number three. Of course, it's a high expectation, but I definitely think he's going to take that next step this season. But uh, yeah, Nate, let me get to you now. Who's your number four? So my number four is uh, Donovan Mitchell. Um, he only played 53 games and he ended up finishing fifth in total points. So I think he could have finished maybe fourth or higher if he played um, 60 games or more. And he was also seventh in assists. He ended up getting 52 steals and he had 178 three points made. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to have to agree with you on that. Donovan Mitchell is my number four as well. Um, you pretty much touched on everything Mete did as well. Uh, he just covers a lot of the bases uh, when it comes to a solid shooting guard. Uh, you're not going to find a lot of better players in the league. So uh, he's definitely a guy. Um, I know he struggled with his health uh, for bits. Uh, he has been pretty consistent, though, in terms of his health. So uh, you really don't need to have that much concern there. But, uh, yeah, in terms of just covering the, the stat sheet, yeah, he's, he's pretty good at that for shooting guard. So I have him at number four. Um, but, yeah, um, Mete, let me get to you for number four. Who's your guy? Yeah, I went with Zach Levine here, and I pretty much agree with everything you said, but I feel like the addition of Lonzo and DeMar is going to kind of tank his value a bit. I think he's still going to have a great year, but I think the scoring numbers will kind of decrease. But outside of that, I mean, like you said, he's great at everything except for turnovers, really. Yeah, he's just one of those guys that's very efficient. Uh, he likes to take the ball to the hoop as well, which is great uh, in terms of his percentages. So you definitely want to capitalize on that when it comes to Zach Levine. So, yeah, I definitely agree that he's a solid player. Um, Nate, let me get to you. Uh, who's your fifth-ranked shooting guard? So my fifth-ranked shooting guard is Zach Levine. Um, he has the potential to finish top three. He ended up getting third in um, total points. I think he got... Um, almost 1600 he was like nine points away from that i think his points per game is like 27 and he was second um in the league in shoot for shooting guards and threes made um 
I guess um, I'm just not sure about um, how many, I guess, um, field goal attempts he's going to get sharing the ball with the rest of the team. But I think in terms of um, how the team kind of fits, it shouldn't, he shouldn't take like too much of a dip. I'm just not completely sure how big or how small the dip is going to be. Yeah. Um, it, it, honestly, it comes down to whether he can be efficient with his uh, touches. It just depends um, how many minutes he plays as well. So, um, yeah, it, assuming we carry last year over to this year with his efficiency, I definitely think that he can be really solid. But uh, from year to year, it's tough to say. So, yeah, um, I definitely like Zach Levine as well. Uh, Mete, getting to you for your number five, uh, which shooting guard do you have? Yeah, so I went with Jalen Brown as my number five. The number two guy in Boston, you can really tell that the Celtics missed him as when he got injured, the team relied heavily on Jason Tatum and they weren't winning as much. So, I mean, he's improved greatly over the last two seasons and he's become a great scorer. Last season, he didn't really have a category where he struggled. So he gives you great numbers pretty much all across the board and he's only 24. So great upside. So. Yeah, for sure. Jalen Brown definitely took that next step, and he's definitely a really solid shooting guard. Um, for number five, though, I put Devin Booker. Um, I like his points output. I definitely agree that he is the number one option there. Um, I feel like Chris Paul, though, takes away from some of his category value, if that makes sense, uh, whether it comes to assists and then obviously rebounds, that sort of Aiton's thing, and you got other guys there. So um, in a points league, I definitely would have Booker maybe a couple spots higher, but I think in category leagues, I would probably have him around fifth. I think that should be uh, the right place to take him. Um, but Nate, uh, who's your number six for shooting guards? I guess um, I might be going on out on a limb here a little bit, but I put CJ McCollum at sixth for um, shooting guards. I was just mostly looking at scoring for CJ McCollum. Um, he only played 40... Um, seven games but I think if he played like 60 or more he could have ended up um, finishing seventh and he is the number two option I believe on Portland I think he got 18.8 um, field goal attempts per game last season before he got injured so yeah yeah I feel like he had kind of a down year as well if he can definitely bounce back I feel like that he could definitely reach that kind of range um, it's just going to depend on how good of a team Portland is overall as well. So definitely take that into consideration. Um, Mete, let me get to you. Uh, who's your number six shooting guard? Yeah, I also have CJ McCollum. Uh, like Nate said, number two guy in Portland. But if Lillard were to get traded, I feel like his value would skyrocket. And uh, But that's a different topic for another day as – as of now, Lillard's still on the Portland Trailblazers, but like Nate said, he's a great scorer. Outside of that, gives you solid numbers for pretty much all the categories. Uh, not the greatest numbers, but it's definitely solid for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, it looks like Lillard is planning to stay in Portland, so that definitely decreases him in terms of not being the number one option. But yeah, he definitely should be a solid player for fantasy. Uh, for number six, I have a guy we I didn't mention on my list for point guards, and that's uh, Shai Gilgis-Alexander. Um, Mete, you mentioned it, how you believe uh, he's one of those players that could really break out. Um, yeah, um, 
on OKC last year, whether it was due to injury, whether it was due to them just not being in contention. Uh, he sat out a lot of the season. I definitely think this is a year for him to rebound. He definitely can become their number one option. He can definitely become a solid option for fantasy as well, um, as he was two years ago uh, when he first broke out. So, um, yeah, shooting guard eligible, definitely a guy you need to take a look at, especially if you're looking for young guys that are going to break out. So, um, Nate, uh, number seven, uh, who's your guy for shooting guard? So I guess for number seven, I have, um, Jalen Brown. Um, I think he was fourth last year in total points. He got uh, 1,430, um, 347 total rebounds, 32 blocks, 72 steals. So that ties him for sixth in the league with Anthony Edwards. He also played for, um, 58 games. So. Um, he wouldn't have like too much more in his categories if he ended up playing 60 or more, but um, I think he's pretty solid overall. And in terms of um, getting enough, um, I guess, field goal attempts, I think he does um, get enough. He is playing with like Jason Tatum. Um, the Celtics are like a really stacked team, but uh, Jalen Brown was still able to um, get his. So. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I have Jalen Brown at number seven also. Um, all the things you mentioned, he's the number two option there behind Jason Tatum. Um, when he was in the lineup last year, the, this Boston team looked a whole lot better than they did near the end of the season. Uh, he's definitely one of their main scorers. Like you said, he can get uh, different things for you across the board when it comes to fantasy. Uh, he's just one of those guys um, you know, that you can just bank on. Um, he's pretty much a lock and load starting uh, shooting guard for you in your leagues. So he's definitely should be one of the, probably one of the top five players that you pick uh, in your draft. So I definitely like Jalen Brown, but Mete, uh, who's your number seven shooting guard? I got Anthony Edwards at number seven, the number two option behind Cat. Edwards had a great rookie season last year, but he's going to need to improve on the playmaking and his efficiency wasn't too great, but He's got all the time in the world as he's only 20, and I definitely believe in him. Yeah, it's definitely another one of your sort of breakout players. I know you like to target a lot of those young guys that you think will sort of take the next step. And yeah, Anthony Edwards, definitely one of those guys. He had a solid rookie year last year. Um, Nate, let me get to you uh, for number eight. Uh, which shooting guard do you have? So for number eight, um, I have um, Shai Gilgis Alexander. I think if he played 60 games, he could have gotten 422 total points or something like that, but he only got, ended up getting 830 because he only played 35 games. Um, I think he also gets a lot of assists for shooting guard as well. The only um, thing I'm concerned about is the other categories outside of scoring and assists, but if he's fully healthy, um, if all you need is a scorer, then um, Shai Gilgis Alexander is a shooting guard you'd, you, that you'd want to get. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. He's definitely on my list in terms of uh, shooting guards that definitely want to draft. And um, I guess, Mete, getting back to you, uh, who's your number eight shooting guard? Yeah, so I went with Malcolm Brogdon at number eight. He's the number two guy behind Sabonis, and Brogdon's been improving every year. He became a great scorer last season as was his first season with 20 plus points so outside of that he he's pretty solid in all other categories i'd say except for blocks but like i said for beal you're not really getting shooting guards for blocks 
Yeah. Um, as long as he covers at least five categories, uh, you, you're definitely pretty solid with him, I think. Uh, just getting to my number eight, I have Drew Holiday here. I didn't include him in my point guards, so I'm going to include him here. Obviously, uh, he's really solid. Um, uh, you know, he's a scorer. Um, he can get, you know, around seven, eight assists per game, just depending on his role. Um, he'll chip in other categories as well as percentages are solid. I'll chip in with steals as well. Um, maybe get a, a block here and there. His turnover rate is pretty low compared to a lot of the other guards. Uh, he definitely does a good job protecting the ball. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely someone I would have on my draft radar list. Um, I know some people wouldn't take him as high, obviously, in points leagues and obviously in other leagues. But I guess in terms of nine category, I definitely like his appeal. Uh, he definitely seems like either the second or third option there in Milwaukee. And they're a high scoring team. So uh, you don't really need to be afraid that he's not going to be getting uh, the stats as he's definitely going to be, you know, getting a lot uh, in that offense. But uh, for number nine, Nate, uh, which shooting guard do you have? So I have um, Anthony Edwards at number nine. Um, his, I guess, overall stats were really good. Um, his availability is really good. He ended up playing 72 games. Um, but I think, and uh, like you guys said, in terms of efficiency, um, I think that if other players were also fully healthy, I'm not sure if I would pick Anthony Edwards over um, somebody, somebody like that I ranked higher, even though, um, Anthony Edwards is uh, most likely going to be fully healthy next season. Yeah, for sure. Um, that Minnesota offense, I guess, just needs to grow. Um, like you said, there were injuries, there were other things. So uh, hopefully, yeah, the offense can grow and then he should grow right alongside of it. But uh, I guess getting to you, Mete, who do you have at number nine? Yeah, so for number nine, I went with Anthony Edwards's backcourt partner and that's D'Angelo Russell for Yahoo leagues and ESPN I believe he's shooting guard eligible and he's a number three option I'd say behind Edwards and Cat. he's coming off an injury riddled season but with the departure of Ricky Rubio he should be the starter once again and that's great for his fantasy value he had pretty much solid numbers all across the board except for rebounds I'd say yeah, he's definitely a solid player. We'll have to see who gets more usage between him and Anthony Edwards. I know Edwards is sort of that higher draft capital, but then uh, with D'Angelo Russell, he's more of the proven player. So that's definitely something that we can watch out for. Um, for number nine, I had CJ McCollum, I guess, uh, from the year he had last year. I have some issues with him, especially since Damian Lillard is still there. And it looks like a lot of that offense took a downgrade uh, from last season. So um, I think that might tank his fantasy value a little bit, but other than that, he's pretty much as solid as it gets uh, in terms of consistency. Um, he can score. Um, he gets some assists here and there. His threes haven't been as consistent as they were previously, but he can still shoot the three really well. Um, yeah, he pretty much covers uh, different categories that you might need in category leagues. So yeah, he's definitely someone that I I'd look at um, as a, as a solid shooting guard, but uh uh, Nate, let me get to you. Um, who's your number 10? So for number 10, I have um, Karis Levert. Um, he's a player that he fills out a lot of categories. Um, I think in terms of scoring, he's not necessarily like a top, like a top end scorer, but he's still really good. I think the biggest concern is his um, injury history. He only played 47 games last season and a lot of his games over 
um, most of the regular seasons um, in the past have been under 60 games for the most part, other than 2018 in Brooklyn, where he played 71 games. So I think that's something that um, you might want to be concerned about if you're taking a look at him. Yeah, for sure. The injury risk is there with a lot of these guys. You definitely got to build that into account when you're looking to draft uh, a lot of these guys. But um, yeah, Mete, let me get to you. I guess, who's your number 10? For number 10, I went with Buddy Heald. He's a great three-point shooter, but he's coming off a rough season last year. But I think he can have a bounce back year for sure. He's pretty much solid all across the board except for blocks and field goal percentage. But his efficiency is usually really good, but like I said, he had a rough season last year, and if you're basing it off last year, he definitely has to have a better field goal percentage. Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like that as a three-point specialist, a lot of times you're just taking a lot of shots and it's going to tank your field goal a little bit. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, he's definitely a guy who should bounce back next season. Uh, for number 10, I put Lonzo Ball. I know I didn't include him in point guard, so I have him here as he is eligible for shooting guard. Um, yeah, and this new offense in Chicago, um, it should open a lot of opportunity for him to, you know, get a lot of assists. Uh, he gets a lot of rebounds for guards as it is, so he's going to be pretty close to the triple-double range. Um, if he can just get 10 points a night, I think you're satisfied with him in terms of category league fantasy um yeah and then he does all the uh, other defensive stuff whether it's steals whether it's blocks all that stuff so um you're getting pretty much the whole package with Lonzo and when it comes to his percentages obviously he has been improving so that's definitely something that you can feel a little bit better about when it comes to Lonzo so yeah I definitely uh, take a look at him for shooting guard for fantasy um but Nate let me get to you uh number 11 uh which player do you have um, I guess for number 11, I have um, R.J. Barrett. He is eighth in total points. I guess the concern for R.J. Barrett is going to be um, how good the New York Knicks are. Um, they added Cam Campbell Walker. I see that it looks like um, they have Evan Fournier as well. They have Julius Randle. So there's a lot of players who can um, score on this team. So um, I'm just not sure how many field goal attempts that um, RJ Barrett's going to have this season. Yeah, I definitely agree. I didn't include any Knicks on this list for that reason, just because uh, it's pretty muddy when it comes to their, their guards, uh, they're in New York. So yeah, it's going to be really tough, but yeah, like you said, if RJ Barrett can sort of separate himself from the pack, he's definitely going to be a really solid fantasy player this year. Um, Mete getting to you, uh, which player do you have at 11? I went with Drew Holiday at 11, the number three guy in Milwaukee, but He's one of the better defenders in the league, and he'll give you great steals and blocks numbers. Outside of those two categories, he isn't particularly great at other categories, but he's really solid, and there isn't much to complain about. He's not really weak in one category, I'd say. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything that you said. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Drew Holiday, he's that guy, you know, you need to round out your lineup. Uh, you need a guy to cover those categories that your main guys don't. He's definitely that player to look at, you know, maybe fifth, sixth round around there. But you definitely want to take a look at him for sure. Um, for number 11, I have Karis Levert. Uh, I believe, Nate, you mentioned him, how he hasn't stayed healthy. I believe if he, if he stays healthy, he can be a lot higher than number 11 for me. Um, 
also in Indiana, it's tough to see who's really going to be that number two guy, whether it's going to be him or whether it's going to be Brogdon, because we haven't seen a lot of him yet. So um, he's very talented. Uh, you mentioned him in Brooklyn. He was really solid there. Coming to Indiana, we haven't really seen a full season of him. So I'd really be interested to see how he does for this coming season. But yeah, he definitely should be solid. So I have him at number 11. Let's get to number 12 now, Nate. Let me get to you. Uh, who's your 12th shooting guard? I guess my 12th shooting guard is uh, Buddy Heels. Um, he was first in three points made this um, past season for shooting guards, and he was uh, ninth in total points as well. I think the only thing I'm wondering about is um, he played a lot of games, which is good, but on, on the other hand, I'm not sure. Like... Um, if you looked at the potential of like every single player, I'm not sure if um, Buddy Heald would have the same potential if people that I ranked higher than him, if he's, if they're all fully healthy. Yeah, I understand that. He definitely struggled last year. He's definitely more of that three-point specialist. I don't know how solid he is in covering all the other categories, but he definitely is a good player uh, to be drafting, especially for threes. Um, I guess for my number 12, I'm going to go with D'Angelo Russell, and I agree with pretty much everything Mete said about that. Um, I actually expect this Minnesota offense to get better, so I think that's why I have him. Obviously, for Anthony Edwards, I don't have him because I – consider him at the three but uh, he can play both positions so he's fine to draft there for fantasy uh, but yeah D'Angelo Russell he's definitely going to sort of have that bounce back in my mind that I think uh, people that had him last season were really disappointed with um, yeah that like I said the Minnesota offense should be better so I think he should be really solid but I guess Matt T, I'll get to you for your number 12. For number 12 I went with Marcus Smart I think with the departure of Kemba, Marcus Smart could become the starting point guard for the Boston Celtics, and I think that would be huge for his fantasy value. He didn't have the greatest field goal percentage and rebounds numbers, but his other category numbers were really solid. Yeah, um, he's definitely a guy I had in consideration. Like, I mean, I'll just get to, I guess, some of my sleeper players, and he was definitely one of those guys uh, that I looked at, you know, just players that are like really strong all around fantasy players. Like I believe he led the league in steals before. Um, he's definitely one of those guys that he can shoot the three as well. So you're getting a lot of those categories that, you know, you, you draft specialists for, but if you get a guy later down in your draft that can cover all those, then you definitely want to take advantage of that. But I guess starting with you, Nate, um, I guess which other guys did you sort of have as sleepers or you didn't really include in your list? Um, there were a few guys that I didn't include in my in, on my list. Um, I didn't include Lamelo uh, Ball. He's really good, but I saw him listed as point guard on some sites, so I decided to not put him in. Um, Oladipo, he's another player that could be top twelve. Um, it's just that he was injured for the past few years, so we didn't get to see his full potential. And now he's going to be on Miami, and there's a lot of really good players on Miami, like um, Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, so not really too sure what his role is going to be on um, Miami as well. Um, there's also like Bo there's also Bogdan Bogdanovich, really good shooter, Gary Trent Jr., and um, Malik Beasley. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, uh, some guys that you guys had, I mentioned Anthony Edwards, uh, I would have him at three. Uh, someone mentioned Brogdon, I think that was you, Mete, I had him on my 
my point guards list, so I didn't include him here. Uh, yeah, there were just a few other guys that, you know, I, I just didn't feel like should make my top 12. Obviously, they're really solid as well. Um, even other guys like Fred Van Vliet, uh, some people have him at the two, but I had him on my point guards list as well. There's just different other players um, that are going to be solid. Halliburton as well was another guy I didn't include um, because he can either play the one or the two. Uh, yeah, so I guess, Mete, did you have any sleepers or I guess players that you left off your list? Yeah, uh, one I left off my list was Shagil just Alexander. He would easily make this list, but I decided not to use him again as I used him for point guards. And for two sleepers, I feel like Jante Murray could have a monster year. Even though he's not a traditional point guard, he's definitely got shooting guard eligibility. So with the departure of DeRozan, I think there's a lot of shots that could be going his way this season. So uh, definitely a guy I think that can break out. And Colin Sexton, another guy who's not a traditional shooting guard per se, but I think he's also really solid. Uh, he's a great scorer, but outside of that, he's not too good. That's why I decided to leave him out. Yeah, Sexton was another guy I was looking at. I guess I just didn't feel as confident about him compared to some of the other guys I had in my top 12, but he was definitely someone that went into consideration for that as well. Um, I guess in terms of uh, shooting guards, a lot of the point guards in fantasy do have shooting guard eligibility. So um, definitely don't be afraid to draft multiple point guards that have that eligibility if you consider them better than a lot of the players that we have on this list. So um Point guard seems to be the stronger position. I think you guys could probably agree with that in terms of fantasy. Um, there are some good shooting guards, like we mentioned, that are tra traditional shooting guards. But uh, yeah, the good part about fantasy is most players in basketball play multiple positions. So uh, it's a good thing. You can stack up with a lot of these guys. You can shift them around. There's utility spots as well. You can throw them into. Uh, there's also single guard positions as well. So uh, those are definitely really solid for fantasy. Um, and I guess, Nate, I'll just get to you first. Any last thoughts? Um, I feel like um, shooting guard is kind of like a mixed bag, if that makes sense. Like, there's a lot of good shooting guards, but um, I'm not too sure how uh, deep shooting guards go this year. Yeah, I think they're a little bit deeper. I know we talked last week about power forwards. That seems to be the weakest position when it comes to finding, like, single point single power forward players for fantasy. I know a lot of the centers have that power forward eligibility, which sort of makes up for it. And I think the same thing for shooting guard, you get some of the forwards and some of the point guards that have shooting guard eligibility. So it can sort of make up, you know, that deficit in your lineup, but I guess Mete, do you have any last thoughts? Uh, like you said, I definitely think shooting guard is thinner than point guard, but I kind of noticed that, I feel like all these shooting guards are really good at scoring, but outside of that, uh, they give you solid numbers, but nothing too elite, uh, if that makes any sense. I think most of these guys are really elite scorers, but outside of that, it's just like four or five assists, rebounds a game, a couple steals, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, shooting guard seems to be a position that's, um, you know, it's, it's a bit better in terms of points leagues, but I guess it thins out in terms of like nine category uh, traditional leagues. Uh, so definitely if you're in a nine category league, that might be a position you want to prioritize more, um, especially if you don't have a, a league that allows dual eligibility, then 
you pretty much really got to um, take guys like Bradley Beal early. Uh, we mentioned Zach Levine. We mentioned, I think someone mentioned James Harden. I think that was you, Nate. Uh, if he has shooting guard eligibility, he's another guy that can score a lot of points. So um, obviously your drafting strategy is different, whether you're in a category or a points league. So you definitely got to take that into consideration. I know um, next week, I believe we're covering small forwards and then we'll probably get right into division previews and mock drafts. So I think we have a pretty good um, remaining off season ahead. And um, yeah, I think we uh, will have a lot of good episodes to get to. So I think this is going to be the end of big time basketball for this week. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at fan fan podcasts. Uh, we're definitely going to be starting football picks next week. So make sure you check us out there. Um, this podcast is going to be on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, hit the bell for notifications on YouTube, leave us a review, all that good stuff. And guys, um, this was a great episode, ranking out all the shooting guards, getting to all the news, and we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.